Why do health disparities continue to exist? I'm Speaker Hyun Nam from Global Health Economist. Over the last few decades, international attention to improving health in developing countries have been arisen dramatically. Despite global health developmental progress, the health disparities are still evident in our eyes. The life expectancies are much lower in developing countries. Why is that? Well, the first factor is poor healthcare system. So let's go through checking points. First, lack of knowledge. The recognition of an illness and potential benefits of treatments are prerequisites of healthcare demand. Where a large proportion of population is in poor health, this becomes norm and the illness is not easily recognized. In India, 40% of the children are not immunized and almost 30% of the parents claim they had not immunized their children because they weren't aware of their benefits. This study from the Northern India shows the lack of knowledge of healthcare receivers and lack of awareness in the benefits of healthcare, which contributes to foregoing a treatment. Poor governance is a second factor. Well, there are three factors contributing to poor governance. First, mismanagement. The common mismanagement problems include supervision and human resource management. In Honduras, 2.4% of staff were ghost workers, meaning that those who record on payroll but doesn't work, and 5% of staff move to other location without management. Second, absenteeism. Healthcare providers' absenteeism is more chronic in the developing world, causing closed public clinics, limited patient access to services, and low quality and recurrent corruption. One study shows almost 50% of clinics in developing countries report absenteeism. Third, informal payment. Informal payments are payments to individuals outside of official payment channel. This becomes prevalent phenomena in developing countries. For instance, in Bolivia, 40% of the patient made illicit payment for care. Okay, so what is third third checking point for poor healthcare system? Low resources. Low resources are mostly attributed to low expenditure to healthcare. There are substantial gaps between actual health spending of developing countries and spending required to provide health services. In fact, while developing countries bear 90% of the world diseases, they only compose 23% of world health expenditure. There is again disparity in global government healthcare annual spending per person between lower and middle income nations like Ethiopia and Vietnam and higher income nations like United States and UK which again contributes to polarization in medical capacity and quality of healthcare services. In Ethiopia, um, the government spends $23 per person. In Vietnam, they spend $133 per person. In United States, they spend um, $3,860 per person. In UK, spends $2,695 per person. Lack. So education is the second factor contributing to healthcare disparity. Almost 50% of healthcare workers incorrectly diagnosed and treated malaria and diarrhea in Pakistan, Papua New Guinea. You will surprise to know that malaria and diarrhea are four leading cause of death in Pakistan and Papua New Guinea. Conversely, when medical practitioners are well-educated, they often migrate to wealthier countries where wages, wages and working environment are better. The nursing vacancies in Canada, United States, and UK led to increase in number of nurses leaving Philippines and some of the African countries.
Third, non-communicable diseases. Non-communicable diseases in general are non-infectious, non-transmittable diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular diseases. Unlike infectious diseases, they are often caused by environmental and lifestyle factors. In fact, 80% of the world NCD death take place in developing countries. Why is that? Now, this is because with drastic reduction in infectious diseases, non-communicative diseases are taking toll in many developing countries. But why are we seeing increased surge in non-communicative diseases? First, urbanization. This growing urbanization contributes to physical inactivity, unhealthy diets, and indoor air pollution, increasing vulnerability to serious heart diseases. Secondly, globalization. With globalization, multinational food and tobacco companies like McDonald's penetrated and proliferated virtually every region of the world. Developing countries are no exception. As a result, consumption of tobacco products, alcohol, and processed food increased, and access to fresh fruits and has declined, especially in East and Southeast Asia and Sub-Saharan African countries. Third, many developing countries do not have basic consumer protection and public health regulations to cope with these changes. For instance, tobacco companies have been aggressive in pursuing teens and women in poor nations using various marketing methods long banned in developing countries. When Uruguay, Namibia, and Togo proposed restrictions on these advertising methods, multinational companies sued delayed to implementation. These again increased tobacco sales across developing nations. Lastly, little access to preventive care and increased exposure to healthcare prices. Consequently, working age people in sub-Saharan Africa and other lower income nations are most likely to develop cancers and heart diseases. So, what can be done? Regarding the governance, I believe strengthening health regulation is essential to defend against cardiovascular disease and chronic lung diseases as these will limit consumption of processed foods, tobacco and alcohol, and decrease air pollutants. Increased public investment in healthcare is essential to provide healthcare services for all socioeconomic groups. At the same time, I acknowledge there are limits to investment bounds and believe interleaving with digital health interventions would improve availability without deteriorating prioritization. I believe improving education of healthcare providers and receivers is also important. Many healthcare professionals often lack knowledge in diagnosis and management of NCDs, otherwise non-communicative diseases. I believe this can be addressed by expanding NCD control methods, not only in medical and nursing curriculum, but also in school and community.